This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1387, Five No BS Tips on How to Talk to Anyone, The Real Truth, Part 2, by Renee Bennis of TheFunSizedLife.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to ORD, like I said, for Part 2 of the post we began yesterday. My name is Greg Audino. I am both your host and narrator. Now, yesterday, we got off to a great start with this post from Renee. And I highly recommend you go back and listen to that episode 1386 if you missed it. Of course, it goes hand in hand with the continuation of the post today. So uh, yeah, do that now if you haven't. But if you are all caught up, then let's get right back into this article and optimize your life. Five no BS tips on how to talk to anyone. The Real Truth, Part 2, by Renee Bennis of TheFunSizeLife.com. My story has been altered. Let me tell you, I had to face some major story altering back in 2014 when I first started reading spiritual self-help books. I was forced to go head-to-head with the story I'd grown up believing about the world around me. Quote, have a mind that is open to everything and attached to nothing. End quote. That's a quote that I heard often from Wayne Dyer, who I believe was quoting Talopa. When we release our story and our desire to become hardened in our ideals, we open ourselves up to experiencing new stories without judgment or fear. Doing this is key to truly allowing ourselves to not only hear the words of another person, but to truly listen to what they say. Which brings me to my next point. Listening, not hearing. I remember when I was a kid, someone, probably a lot of people, told me that I wasn't a good listener that I interrupted all the time. The truth is, I just so badly wanted to be heard. My brain was, and still is, a constant chatterbox filled with thoughts and ideas. Now I get them out in the form of blog posts and podcasts where no one can interrupt me. (laughs) How perfect. When I was a kid, however, I remember the strenuous effort I put into not even listening to people, but just holding back my own thoughts. No matter who was talking to me, I would sit there with my eyes fixed on them, all the while repeating in my head that thing that I really wanted to make sure got heard. Don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. Sometimes I would slip up, actually start listening to the other person, and then forget the thing I so badly wanted to say. Other times, the far worse times, were when we were in a group and the conversation moved on so quickly that if I were to say the thing that I kept repeating in my head, I would just sound stupid now. If you remember, that's okay. If you forget, that's okay. Both of these scenarios, while extremely trying, slowly conveyed the message to me that I will not in fact die if I don't get to say every single thing that comes to my mind. Eventually, this led to me having a thought in my mind and then whispering to myself in my head, if you remember, that's okay. If you forget, that's okay. And then I would proceed to listen to whomever currently had the floor. This process really became perfected after I became a mom. Hands up if you're a parent and all day long you have the agendas of every other family member running through your head all day. Meanwhile, you're still trying to manage yourself. Yeah, I thought so. Me too. Some days, especially running my own business from home, I always had some pre-planned self-agenda in my head that one of my kids would inevitably interrupt. I would nod along, tuning them out completely while trying to stay on my task at hand. Of course, life dealt me the lesson, as it always does that being treated this way is no fun. After having this same experience happen to me several times, 
I realize not giving someone the respect of truly listening to them is extremely hurtful and can so easily make another fellow human being feel like their words aren't valuable. I don't want to make people feel this way, especially my children. A few years ago, I made the intentional decision to pause and listen to them. No matter how busy my brain felt, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I say, honey, I'm sorry, I can't listen right now, my brain is too busy. After I finish my task, I come back to them and ask, what did you want to tell me? Because I truly want to listen. Seeing the humanity in everyone. One of the greatest lessons that I've learned is that we're all one. We are all connected in a ton of crazily twisted ways, and it's so silly to think of ourselves as separate from one another. Here we are together, sharing the human experience, and yet not wanting to see one another's humanity. The trees in the woods have been proven to have their own form of communication. When one tree falls, the rest don't gradually shift their roots away from their fallen brother. Yet, we're willing to bash someone because they like a different toilet paper than we do. I mean, that's a pretty harsh example, but I would also be willing to bet that it's happened more than once. At the core of everyone, we want four things. Love and connection, notoriety and a feeling of importance, change and new experiences, and consistency and stability. Like the Bible says, the greatest of these is love. However, I can't help but feel like when we so badly want love for ourselves, we sort of go out looking for ways to siphon it to make sure we get our fair share, and in doing so, we can give none away to our fellow man. We go around talking about those who we believe are ruining our world, those who are doing harm and causing pain. And I know in our current world surrounded by news reports, it can feel hard to ignore. But how many small moments of love and compassion, right in our own backyard, are we missing while directing our attention on all the shortcomings of the people who we've never even met? We may not be causing the hurt ourselves, but we sure aren't adding to the solution either. Embracing the humanity in yourself. Lastly, and maybe most importantly, firstly, it's time to embrace the humanity within yourself. You've messed up. Sorry, you have. Me too. Countless ways. The thing is, I've chosen not to focus on them anymore. I used to think that would serve me somehow. That if I forgave myself, I would somehow be letting myself off the hook or saying my wrongdoings were okay. The truth is, mistakes are a part of that humanity. That stubborn side of me that pushes my husband's hand out of the way when he tries to intervene with my cooking. That's part of my humanity. Sure, I'm working on it. But I don't need to shame myself for it every second of the day. Chances are I'd be a lot less likely to improve myself if all I did were focus on my shortcomings. Embrace the dark parts of you and allow them to intermingle with the light parts. Oh, those light parts. It's okay to be proud of them. You are pretty amazing. It's not vanity to love yourself. To love a work of art is also to show love and appreciation for the creator of that art. Imagine how you feel when you listen to your favorite song. You honor the writer and the singer of that song whenever you do. Just the same, no matter what your religious background or faith, when you look in the mirror and feel a love for the reflection, you are honoring the place from which you came. When you can do this, you can begin to do the same for everyone else you meet, and talking to them will only feel like an extension of that love. You just listened to part two of the post titled, Five No BS Tips on How to Talk to Anyone 
The Real Truth, by Renee Bennis of TheFunSizedLife.com. And a good finish by Renee, to no one's surprise, thanks to her. Now, in yesterday's commentary, I elaborated on her line about how everything she's talking about can be a lot to achieve all at once and, you know, not just happen overnight. She said something else today that reminded me of that and offered a glimpse into how we can maybe start making that transition. It was her mention of how she's stopped focusing on the many mess-ups of her own life. So this right here is an opportunity to embrace slow patient growth. Rather than trying to immediately get to this place of complete self-acceptance and, quite frankly, risking self-judgment if you can't do so. So rather than saying, okay, I'll go out and be like Renee right away, otherwise I failed, instead, start by asking yourself, okay, what ways have I messed up and forgiven myself? And what ways have I messed up and not yet forgiven myself? Then investigate rather than waving a magic wand. You know, ask why it's been hard to forgive yourself, why it's been hard to stop thinking about them, what they might have in common, what stories you've told yourself about them, etc. This is how growth starts, and it's slow, but it often has to be. Okay, everyone, that's going to bring us to the end. Thanks a lot for listening all the way through and, of course, listening to both parts of this post. I hope it gave some good insight to mull over. Again, it is time to get going, but I appreciate you being here, and I hope to see you again tomorrow for another post. That's where your optimal life awaits.